Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. If you're ready for some powerful tales of revenge, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by RAR92109. Over a decade later, I got revenge on my abuser. Background is short and sweet, just like the rest of the story. When I was a young lass, I was assaulted by an adult male who volunteered at the school I went to. It went on that entire year, and the next year, I had the good fortune to change schools for totally unrelated reasons. Due to standard issue threats and manipulation that come with these scenarios, I'll kill your family if you ever tell them and take you to live with me once they're dead, what we do is a special secret that nobody else can ever know, etc. I never told anyone. I pushed it down and just tried not to think about it. Many years later, I had a friend confide in me that something similar had happened to her and we swapped stories. She had done things the proper, tidy way. She told a trusted adult, the perpetrator was tried in a court of law, he was convicted, and he was jailed for a long time. Everything wrapped up nice and neat with a little bow on top. She was pissed at me for not telling anyone about what had happened to me, even if it hadn't been until years later. Because what if it had happened to someone else? But I pointed out that once it was past the statute of limitations, I couldn't really tell anyone. Doing so when he wasn't tried and convicted would come back on me as slander, so it felt like there wasn't anything I could do. For a while, I left it at that, but it started to nag at me. Was there really nothing I could do? I started by looking him up online. A basic Google and social media search were all I needed to find him. Living far away from where I was, and I wasn't sure if that meant good or bad things for my revenge, whatever it turned out to be, as I had no definite plan then. On his very public profile, I got some news that rattled me. He had terminal cancer. It didn't seem like he was going to drop dead the next day, but still, it was now or never if I wanted to get some kind of closure from him. So I requested him on social media, and he accepted. I sent him the first message. Hey, I'm OP from school. Do you remember me? He answered yes, and that was it. I asked for his phone number. I just want to talk to you. He said he didn't think it was a good idea. I said, it's been so long, there's nothing that could happen. I'm not mad, just sad more than anything, and I just want to talk. Now that I'm older, I want to understand. He believed me, and I got his number. I tried calling him immediately, straight to voicemail. He said he would set up a time for us to talk. Okay, fine. I can be patient. It only gave me more time to think about what I would do. About a week later, I called him and he picked up. I barely remember this conversation and went through a lot of it on adrenaline shaking like a leaf. He sounded sick, old and sick, not intimidating like he used to be, not scary, not anymore. He asked me what I wanted and why I was talking to him after so long. I said, I just need to hear from you what you did to me so I know I'm not crazy. He said he couldn't do that. I told him he owed it to me and that it had been so long ago. The statute of limitations was expired, so there was nothing that could be done about it. I said that I knew he was dying and that it would clear his conscience to talk about it and answer all of my questions. Win-win, right? 
he still said no. So I told him that was a shame and that I'd hope to get closure from him, but I guess asking his wife and son that I'd seen on social media would have to be enough. This was a bluff on my part. I knew that by telling him that he could do preemptive damage control. If this didn't work, I'd be out of luck. He said fine. He first said in a very bland sort of way, I was inappropriate with you back then. Not good enough. I pushed and pushed until I almost thought he was going to hang up, and he finally admitted it, in detail. I thanked him and asked if his conscience felt better. He said yes. I said good. That was all I wanted for both of us. I hung up. Now the actual revenge part. I'd recorded the whole thing. Not illegal. I was in a one-party consent area, and although he lived in a different area, he did too. I uploaded it to cloud storage and sent a link to his wife and his adult son. I explained that I'd found them as a mutual contact on social media, and since he was nearing the end, I thought they might appreciate knowing some of the memories he shared with me about the time he volunteered at that school. I never got a reply from his wife. I didn't expect one, but still, I was a little disappointed. It took about three months, but then I finally got a message from his son. It was glorious. He wasn't the guy's son, he was his stepson, and he never liked the guy from day one. He told his mom this repeatedly, but she insisted he was just bitter about his bio dad leaving and told him to get over it. Something just felt off about him, and now he knew what it was. He apologized to me for how the guy had hurt me, not that it was any of his fault. They didn't even know him back then yet. He told me that he knew his mom hadn't replied to me, but she had listened to it. Afterwards, she left him while he was dying of cancer. The stepson said this guy didn't have a family of his own and that he and his mom and his own kids were all he had left. They severed ties with him. Best part, the wife never actually married him and even if she had, when she left, it wasn't exactly like there was time for the guy to contest anything in court. He was fading fast and that stuff can take a year or more to get settled. He didn't have that kind of time. When she left, she took all the money. It was all hers. He hadn't worked in a long time due to the cancer. She took the closest thing he had to family, and the best part, without her, he no longer had the money to pay for his private health insurance. I thanked the stepson for contacting me and asked if he could do me one more favor, tell me when it was over and he was gone. He happily agreed. A few more months later, I got the news. He died alone in a state hospital. They weren't going to publish an obituary, although the stepson had decided to have him cremated so that he could scatter the ashes. No plot, no lasting proof that this man ever existed. Apparently, he had spent the last few months writing constant letters to his now ex and stepson, calling them, texting them, everything. Neither one had responded, and he died alone, knowing that what he had done had eventually ruined his life and taken away what mattered to him. I thought it was a pretty fitting ending, although in the end, vengeance just felt meh. I always wish I hadn't believed him back then and had just told someone. First of all, I greatly appreciate OP sharing such a powerful story, and it really highlights some of the things that I think society needs to focus on as much as they can as a whole, where it's just making sure that the kids and the youth know that it's okay to reach out in situations like this where they just feel even uncomfortable or reinforcing that despite threats, nothing bad is going to happen to them for speaking out. Do you guys feel like the outcome for this assistant was fitting for what they did? Or do you guys feel it was only a taste of what they really deserved? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Perfect Hamburger 812 Steal my money, take my house, 
put me into debt, now it's time for me to ruin your life. My ex stole from me close to 90,000 euros, which I saved up for 9 years. And when I took her to court, I lost due to lack of evidence. At the moment, I felt destroyed and lost it all. She even sued me for emotional damages and I had to pay 55,000 euros. So I was forced to sell my house and take a big loan from the bank. I stayed at a friend and helped me find some good lawyers and we just found an amazing one. And one day, he helped me so much and even helped me get the info of who took my money from my bank account. Something was wrong. The 29th of June, a transaction happened in my name. I never made it. I wasn't in the country at that time. Well, would you look at that. I was ready to get back into court when I found out that she bought my house. Well, I have a safe that I never told her about hidden in the bathroom behind the cabinet. Well, she ruined my life. Why not ruin hers even more? So I had an accomplice that helped me buy some drugs, worth about 400 euros, and used a friend to hide it there. The safe has a four-digit code, that being 0000, never got to change it to something else. And before taking her to court again, I had that same friend who hid the drugs turn her in. It took about a week for the cops to receive a mandate to search the house. They found nothing in the first two hours, and they wouldn't if my friend forgot to leave the safe cover open. That 400 euro worth of drugs are equal to a 5,000 euro fine and 12 years of prison. Well, I'm not done yet. Court time again. I had my lawyer get the footage from when the money from the bank was transferred, and also I had a document showing that I was not in the country at that time. We also found out the account to which the money was sent to. The name was that of my ex. Well, look how the tables have turned. My lawyer also demanded payment for emotional damage, all the money that was stolen, the house, and also money equivalent to two times the debt I had in the bank, which is equal to about 140,000 euros. The look on her face when everything came crashing down on her was totally worth it. And on top of the 12 years from drug possession, she received an additional 25 years for theft and false testimony. Enjoy it, witch. I mean, that's just completely ruining their life. Those are some very harsh punishments. I feel like if this happened in America, like, yeah, it would be jail time, but I don't think they would be in jail for, what, 37 years? All I know is this is definitely a nuclear revenge. And our final story of the day is by E. Dale 1. Favorite teacher gets wrongfully fired, so I get three-fourths of the staff arrested. I'll start off by saying this happened to my sister, and the actions taken were hers. My sister has always gotten along very well with her teachers and has a habit of forming actual friendships with them, to the point that she still talks to her 5th grade English teacher, along with many others, decades later. This happened about 15 years ago. My sister was a student at Job Corps, a government-run, live-on-campus vocational training program, studying hotel and motel management. She got on extremely well with her hotel-motel management teacher, better than pretty much every teacher she'd already had up to that point. One day, the teacher goes to the center dean's office and walks in on a paper-shredding session. It turned out that there was some pretty major embezzling happening at the center, as in more than 60% of the funds for the center were being stolen. The teacher was appalled and, despite some rather lucrative offers made, refused to join in on these acts. Less than a week later, the teacher was fired for trumped-up reasons. This was especially bad given the teacher was only two years away from retiring 
and being fired, lost their retirement package. Needless to say, my sister was pissed. Knowing how things typically work, and that almost any report she tried to make would just be swept under the rug, if it was taken seriously at all, she came up with a plan and took things nuclear. Over the next month or two, my sister managed to gather some basic evidence of the embezzling. Nothing concrete, but enough to warrant considerable investigation by the authorities. She took the little evidence she was able to gather, along with the story of what happened to her teacher, and sent the info in an email to the Job Corps Regional Director. Now, like I said, she knew that her email would likely be ignored, or the event swept under the rug, so she got smart. The email was cc'd to every single major person in the Job Corps chain of command, all the way up to the National Director, as well as to anyone even tangentially related to Job Corps and the upper echelons of the Department of Labor, and every member of Congress as well as the US President's office. Remember, this was a government-run program. All in all, the email was sent to over two thousand people. Basically, she not only sent the report, but sent it in such a way that everyone who got it could also see everyone else who got it, and she sent it to way more people than would be needed to ensure the issue couldn't be swept under the rug. Two weeks later, after the investigation finished, never seen the government work so fast on anything that wasn't collecting owed taxes. Only five or six staff members out of the 20-ish that worked in the center still had their jobs, and at least five of the ones fired, including the dean, were facing major criminal charges, with the rest facing minor charges. I'm not sure of the exact figure on how much was stolen, but it was well into the seven digits. The embezzling had been happening for years. The teacher got a very nice severance package post-investigation. If I recall correctly, it was three years of pay, her full retirement package, and signing an NDA, though she didn't get her job back. And my sister was given her completion certificate despite not having finished the requirements of the course. They wanted her gone, but couldn't kick her out. The story actually kind of reminded me of something I thought I heard sometime recently where it was like, If you're doing a course at a college and all of a sudden like the professor's gone or they can't teach that course, they're like required to just give you the certificate or the degree or something. Although having said that, it sounds like an absolute crackpot Twitter conspiracy like Coca-Cola and Pop Rocks conspiracy theory. But straight up, they did the right thing here. Not only was it nefarious action going on, but they were stealing from the program and ultimately affecting the quality of the education as a whole of anybody that was going there. It's good these people were caught when they did because this thing probably could have just kept going on and on for years and years further. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.